43-yard line at the backfield. Guru fires to the 45-yard line. Caught by Spunderino. The ball is out. And it's recovered by the Fordham Rams at the 35-yard line down at the 36. Fordham forces the turnover. In the gun is Guru. Takes the handoff. Throws deep down the near sideline. It's a duck. And it's intercepted. Intercepted by Antonio Jackson. Takes the handoff. Rolls left. Throws. Indian zone. And it's caught by Cattle. Good Fordham Rams. Touchdown. Now, give it to D'Angelo. He crumbles up the middle to the goal line. He looks like he is in, and he is. Touchdown, Fordham Rams. From right here in Studio 3 in the basement of Keating Hall on the campus of Fordham University, this is Monday Night Quarterback, our second episode of the season. I'm James Cargan. Joining me is Tommy Aldrich, and as always, the head coach of the Fordham University Rams, Andrew Briner. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? We're doing all right, and it's uh, it was a it was a tough week. It was a, an opponent that came in as the preseason number five team in the nation, the perennial powerhouse in Eastern Washington, and you guys hung tough with them for a little bit. Uh, how overall? How do you think you can assess? How do you assess the, your performance this week? Well, first and foremost, there are no moral victories. So mm -hmm. uh, Eastern Washington won the game. Hats off to them. Coach Best did a great job. Um, you know, there are things to, to take away from. There are positives to take away. I thought defensively to take the football away that many times, um, that will serve us well if we continu can continue to do that. Um, offensively, it was good to see Jonathan Lumley, you know, for the second time in three games, you know, create some explosive plays. Um, thought that the, the running backs uh, got, got some good reps, got some good carries, got some good tough tough situations to uh to gain experience from and and you know we'll we'll take away the things that we did well proud of how the boys fought um but we got to play a much more consistent brand of football if we're going to uh win football games going forward yeah coach you mentioned um the receiver uh that last week you had uh one of your guys sort of go off 180 yards Lumley this week Looked really, really impressive. He didn't have quite the amount of yards, but who cares? I mean, about numbers. He looked really good using his body uh, sort of every time he caught the ball. Is is that a big part of his game? I mean, he's 6'4". So. Yeah, I think that's really good insight by you, Tommy. I think he, he did exactly what you said is he kept his body between the defender and the football on some vertical routes, and that's something that, that he's capable of doing. Um, excited to see him do that and, and need him to continue to do that uh, for this offense to, uh, to be successful. Yeah, he sort of exploded off, off – I don't want to say the tape. I haven't seen any tape, but watching the game, he exploded. and uh, But had to get, get that off the chest, but – more back to the week, like, before we move on, how did, did you guys prepare differently for a team coming across the country or a team of such high regard, or was it sort of a normal week of preparation? Yeah, I, I'm proud to say that in the going on six years that I've been here that we keep our, our process pretty much the same. Um, and I think that process, that preparation has, has led to success. Um, we as coaches and, and as a program must continue to work to prepare better, uh, game plan better, practice better, call plays better. Um, but that, that's something we're all striving for all the time. So no, we didn't do anything different for Eastern Washington. Uh, wouldn't do anything different um, for for any opponent. Um, you know, we, we have Alabama. our... 
Yeah, maybe <laughs> a little bit. Um, no, but we have our process that, that we go through, and, and it has proven over time uh, to, to be successful. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's talk about yeah, your middle linebacker, Glenn Cunningham, who, who had a huge day on the stat sheet, 14 tackles and uh, the forced fumble. He he's really starting to take over at, at the Mike position. What what's what's your assessment of his play? Yeah, I've been impressed with Glenn um, since since we got started back in August. He is a guy that you know in some ways a little bit of a throwback football player. I mean, he really loves the physical part of the foot of, of the game of football. He comes downhill consistently, uh, runs his feet through tackles, and, and with every rep he gets, whether it be in practice or games, he's seeing things so much more clearly, so much faster. Coach Orlovsky's doing a great job with him. Coach Bose is doing a great job with him. Um, and, and he's, he's for a freshman three games in, um, he's doing some really good things. He'll continue to work and improve, um, but I'm, I'm impressed with him proud of him um and, and he's he's a, a, a great young man um mature beyond beyond his years uh, as a freshman coach i'm fascinated by you calling him sort of a throwback player because and james and i were just talking about this for a second before you came in how i probably mentioned glenn cunningham's name on the broadcast like four times and i saw it in the week before and i saw it this week he's old school and that he clearly loves to hit but he's got some new school in him is that he's fast and explosive. Basically what I'm trying to say is I feel like every time I saw him make a tackle, his body's horizontal and he's flying a lot of the times behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, no, I, I love the way Glenn plays the game. He, he plays it fast. He plays it physical. He plays it with reckless abandon. He 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 honors the game of football, in, in my opinion, in, in the way that he plays it. And there's other guys on the defense that, that do the same thing. But I, I really like the way Glenn plays football. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get to one of one of the negatives from from the game. There were a few, and one of them were, were the sacks. Uh, Kevin Anderson uh, took 10 sacks. On on the day, it's a staggering number, really. How, how, what happened, and how can you improve on that? Yeah, th- there are there are a number of areas that we can improve on that. Um, obviously, when you hear that number, um, it, it, it's never going to be a good thing. Um, some of the sacks were were protection based. Some of the sacks were were certain play calls where we got Kevin out of the pocket, and, and we end up taking sacks on him when when we need to. You know, get rid of the football. So those those are team statistics. Those are not on the quarterback. Those are not on the O line. Those are on 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 us as a a unit, including you know us as a coaching staff. So um, there are there are technical things that we need to clean up. There are schematic things that we need to clean up, and there's some decision making that we need to clean up. Yeah, coach, I I think that's a good point you bring up. Ten sacks is probably more of an indication of just the day that the offense had, as opposed to any one player. And it's even possible with Kevin that some of the numbers definitely can lie because Kevin runs around a lot and he gets out of the pocket and he holds on to the ball, but not in a bad way, in a way that he extends plays. So if he goes down, you know, five on the sideline, it means he was probably running around, but if it's behind line of scrimmage, obviously takes a sack number. So I think those numbers were a bit skewed, but I want to ask if, if – if timing is something that he can work on or, or something about his release is it do you instruct him how do you find a balance i guess between 
extending plays and getting it out. Yeah, what we talk about from the quarterback position is we want to move up in the pocket. Um, when when you see Kevin at his best from a movement standpoint, it's when, when we're able to protect the edges of the pocket and move up through the pocket. And that way, if the coverage has spread out and gotten underneath uh, the route concepts, there's often some dead space, you know, those six to seven yards on third down that, that he's free to run. And we've seen Kevin throughout his career turn those plays into 25, 30-yard runs. So that's how I want Kevin moving in the pocket is, is up through it. Um, there are things that, that – are within his control and some things that aren't within his control when it comes to that. Uh, but that's how I, I instruct he, him and teach him. He feels pressure pretty well, I would say. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. He's a veteran quarterback. He's been he's played a lot of snaps, so mm-hmm. so he knows where it's coming from. Um, and, and you know he's got some things to clean up. Um, and, and we'll we'll get that cleaned up. I'm confident in that. All right, coach. Coming up, we will take a look at our next opponent, the Bryant Bulldogs in Smithfield, Rhode Island, this coming Saturday. And we will be right back. We are back on the second edition of Monday Night Quarterback. This is our Inside the Huddle segment. And I am joined by two impressive football players to my right, Jonathan Lumley and Antonio A.J. Jackson. How are you guys? Good. How about you? We're doing all right. And both of you guys had big days in the Eastern Washington game. Jonathan, you had a big game. In receiving, had to go for 100 yards. Receiving, Antonio, you had two picks in the game. But I'm going to ask you about the game, the overall, the overall game first. Uh, what a what positives can you take away? We're going to focus on the positives here. What positives can you take away from that game? I'll probably say that uh, everybody kept on fighting. We could, we were down by a lot, but we kept on trying to take chunks out of the defense. We kept on trying to pass the ball, kept on trying to get as many yards as possible. The defense didn't quit. The offense didn't quit. I know that. So everybody kept on fighting. Yeah, we were talking to Coach Briner about facing an opponent like Eastern Washington. I mean, I played football for a little bit, and I got this sense that, like, there is an intimidation factor slightly. Yeah. I'll never forget, like, we were, I was in high school. Ah, I don't want to get into it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of, like, what's your feeling going into a game where you know the competition's high? Uh, I mean... You know what Coach Briner would say, by the way, nothing changed. Yeah, nothing. yeah I'm wondering, yeah. For, I guess, from a player's perspective, it's in the back of your minds, maybe. Well, where for me, I've played football since I was like six years old. So, in my mindset, is always nothing has changed since then. Like, you're going out there to have fun. So, like, you may have a little bit of jitters when the game starts, but once you get that first hit on defense or that first catch on offense, it really just goes back to the basics. You know, like, you're just out there having fun and doing what you're supposed to do. So, like, as long as you're confident in yourself and you have that 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 foundation I think I think you'll do fine absolutely and uh, Jonathan we'll start with you you had eight receptions for 119 yards this is the the second out of three games that you have had exactly eight receptions uh what's changed for you from from last year to this year I think I've really tried to focus on my technique and my fundamentals of the game uh really trying to focus on my route running my strength we have we have a great new coach, Coach Barbosa. He came in here in the spring and he really taught us, really started us from the bottom, taught us the basics, of everything, taught us to go back to our fundamentals, using our technique, and from there on, just playing football, just having fun, going out there and just doing what I've been doing for a while. That's pretty much it. And Jonathan, your size is undeniable. So six four, am I right? Yeah, six three, six four. Six three, hard six three, soft six four, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Uh, how do you use that as a part of your game? Because I noticed just from the press box that. Almost like on every single one of your catches, you're getting your body in the right position. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just try to use my body to be physical, kind of like Coach Barber was told us to get like basketball and get a rebound. Just yeah. go up, box them out, go get a rebound, stuff like that, high point in the ball. So I really try to use my size and use my body to make those catches. I always like to ask, by the way, you play fantasy football? Nah, I don't. Oh, all right, well, you had a good day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <It was nice. laughs> and we have, I believe we have a clip of one of your big receptions, your big 65-yard reception uh, in the game. Uh, let's hear it. Second down and 10. The fake to Paladino. Fires deep. Near sideline. Defender falls down. It's caught by Lumley. At the 15-yard line, he falls down off balance at about the 12. And a big play for the Rams. And they are in the red zone. And there it was. Uh, that was certainly a big play. And now I want to focus on AJ. Uh, you had a big day, two interceptions. And let's uh, let's play the clip of, of one of them right now. In the gun is Gubrud, takes the handoff, throws deep down the near sideline. It's a duck, and it's intercepted! Intercepted by Antonio Jackson. And there it was. It was obviously, as I described, not the best throw in the world. It's probably one of your easier interceptions. But uh, what, you know, sometimes, some people say that turnovers aren't as much of a skill uh, some say that turn that turning the ball over and picking off passes is a skill and not based on luck of what the offense is doing wrong. Uh, what do you do personally to to try and force these turnovers? Well, I mean, first and foremost, you have to be in the right position. So the alignment and knowing your assignment is the first thing. So and then also it comes into studying your opponent and knowing what they'll do. So in certain situations, you know what they're going to throw at you. But in that, in that certain situation, we knew going into the game that he would be staring down routes. So once I saw him looking outside, I just automatically broke to the outside and knew that the ball would be coming eventually. And he threw it up and just went to go get it. So it, it, it's a combination of knowing what you're supposed to do and also knowing what the offense is going to throw at you. I want to take take us through this play a little bit. and. It will have to get into some technical aspects, but it'll it'll lead to a question. I, you were coming across on that play. Was it? Were you in a two deep zone? No, we were uh, one high. So I was in the post in the moment. Okay. So yeah, so I was in the middle of the field. And, and he ran a go route, basically, right? Yeah, he basically ran a straight go. And when you see that, and you just beeline for the ball. Yeah, because we're playing off the the quarterback. So if we see the quarterback looking that way, our uh, coach Bose, our, our new defensive coach. Uh, tell us to break on the long arm. So I may have broke a little bit sooner, but, yeah, he was looking that way. And then right when he when he made his action to throw the ball, I just broke on it and made the play. So he was staring at it the whole time. A lot of times when we talk about safeties, we talk about duos. So between you and Caleb, I'm interested, first of all, in, like is there anything that you guys talk about as being, like, complimentary? Do you feed off each other in any way where, you know, Caleb's this and you're that, and does that work? And – my next question related to that would be some defenses say we don't make distinctions between our safeties. They got to know the same stuff and ultimately mm. strong versus free kind of arbitrary. In your guys' system, do you have two different roles or are they more similar? Uh, in our defense, they're a lot more similar than they are different. But I would say what Caleb brings to the table is he can really cover anybody. So I think the benefit of pitting him in the boundary where you have receivers like Lumley, they like to throw the ball to the boundary a lot more. So you put a receiver like him, I mean, a safety like him over there to cover those receivers and cover over top because teams like to throw to the boundary because they're easier passes. So he's more of a, I think, 
he's a more of a lockdown safety type of guy. But mm-hmm. we can both do similar things. Like the like we can if he goes down, I go over to that spot. So and if I go down, he comes to mine. So it's all rotational type of thing. We have to learn each other's position. So it's more similar than it is different. Got it. And you also forced a fumble uh, in the Eastern Washington game. Not to mm. folk, not to brag too much about your stats. <laughs> I'm, I'm <always> aging. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. Take us, uh, take us through that play. Oh uh, well, it was more of like a a scramble play because they threw a little screen out there, and I was coming all the way from across the field, and I just saw that he had made another guy miss. So I had to play my feet really quick and just go and make a play, really. And I I really didn't notice that the ball had came out because I was just trying to make the tackle. So. And another player came in and made the hit too, so we're gonna see who really made forced the ta- uh, forced the fumble. But I just went to go make the tackle, and then I heard everyone screaming and the crowd go crazy. And I looked up, and the ball was out. So I really didn't know until after the fact. Yeah, Jonathan, I want to take the conversation your side real quick. I always like to ask this about receivers. I know I mentioned that you're a big body, but it doesn't necessarily stop you from running short, quick routes. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a ra- is there a favorite route you like to run? That's tough. Uh, I like all the routes in our in our in our playbook, but I'd say it's this one called X Option. It's actually a it's a it's a post with a stem at the bottom, and you okay. read you read uh, the two safeties to see if it's that's open middle. If it's open middle, and if the safe based on where the safety is in the corner, you either take a post or a corner, or if it's one high, you would take a hook. So it kind of it kind of no matter what you you have you have different combinations of the route that you can go to. So that's I, nice. So you and Kevin got to be on the same page. Yeah, we got to be on the one. same page. We've that's, got to got to make sure it's all all there and ready to go. That's a good connection <laughs> if that one works. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably my that's probably my favorite one. I want to ask about uh your your game this coming week against Brian on the road. Mm-hmm. They obviously are not on the same caliber yeah. of level that Eastern Washington is on and Army is on, thankfully. Uh what do you have to? What do you guys have as a team, as an offense, as a defense? What do you have to improve on specifically to get the job done? Well, I know on the defensive side of the ball, we've already talked about this a lot after the game, uh, tackling and uh, destruct, uh, destroying blocks. So basically, going back to the fundamentals and the basics. So when we went into the game on Eastern Washington, we we got into the game like everything was simple. It was. It wasn't like they were overpowering us. We just had to do the little things right. So we're just going back. I think this week to the little things and correcting the the, the foundation of our defense. I think the offense has to get back to where the Fordham offense was and what everybody knows it to be. I mean, we got to capitalize on the big plays. We didn't really. We we missed a lot of a lot of throws and blah. We missed blocks on the offensive line. So I mean, everybody has their own thing that they got to work on. We just got to make sure that we get back to what we know the Fordham offense can be and just know that even if we're playing Bryant or Eastern Washington, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. We're still going to prepare the same way. That's a good point. I mean, people, you know, obviously when you talk about Fordham, a lot of the times people like to bring up Chase Edmonds on offense. Yeah. But I just think something people don't necessarily realize about the play calling or I don't know, whatever it is, the uh, the scheme is that Fordham really likes to take shots. Yeah. And, and, and it was noticeable sort of the lack of shots mm-hmm. taken or executed really last game, whereas normally, you know, Kevin's seeming like yeah, ripping it. the ball. Yeah. yeah, totally. All right, I want to thank you guys for coming in near this studio on in the inside the huddle section. Good Thanks luck. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having Good us. luck this week against Brian, and we hope to see you soon. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you for having us.
back here on Monday Night Quarterback. This is our X's and O's segment, and I am pleased to be joined by the defensive coordinator and safeties coach of the Fordham University Rams, John Bowes. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, fellas. We are certainly happy to be here, and let's talk about, real quick, the Let's look back on this past week's game. Obviously, Eastern Washington has a potent offense, and they certainly showed it. Their quarterback gained 399 yards in the air, a lot, two rushing touchdowns as well. Uh, what do you guys need to improve on on defense overall for next week's game? Yeah, uh, you know, he, he's a very good player. There's a reason why he's in, uh, you know, the talks for the top offensive player in the country. Uh, not just his uh, his uh, conference. Um, just overall, he you know we we couldn't get him down on the ground. You know we had guys around, um, you know unblocked and and uh, we had guys at him. Uh, he just did a very good job of making our guys miss. So uh, this week against Bryant, um, you know I heard AJ talk about it a, a little bit earlier uh, that we have to get back to the basics: beating blocks, running to the football, and tackling very well. Hey, coach, one thing just. Looking back at this game, sort of a paradoxical situation in the middle of the field from my perspective. One, on the on the positive end, Glenn Cunningham is was exploding. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time he's touching a ball carrier, I, this is what I said to Coach Brian, I said his body's like horizontal in the air and he's giving it all he's got. He looked really, really impressive for you guys. On the other hand, a few of their touchdown runs, especially ones that stick out to me near the goal line, right up the middle – sort of not untouched but the middle is maybe a place where you want to get a little stronger yeah yeah definitely um you know glenn glenn's our mike linebacker he's right in the middle there uh you know he's fast and downhill and can play a lot of uh plays from inside out he does a great job with that um and, and you're right you know we got to get a little bit better push up in the middle uh with our defensive front four and uh you know and let those linebackers kind of run around and and make some plays um, some of that was, you know, was scheme wise and that's on me. And, uh, you know, that's where we got to improve there, uh, as myself, as a coaching, as a, as a coach and, and our coaching staff. Um, but it's, it's very encouraging because we get a lot of young guys on the field, especially defensively, you know, the defensive line is really young. The only, um, you know, seniors that's really playing, uh, Manny and John Diamond. Uh, so everybody else is, is a freshman or sophomore, uh, yeah. Where they're com- where they're coming in, trying to just get their their plays in, so they can get some reps and and just get more and more um, used to a college football game. And then uh, and then you just said Glenn Cunningham, a freshman, uh, just trying to learn. He's in the same boat, you know. He's trying to get those um, those reps to so where he can just react now instead of thinking out there. Um, and that and that will come time with with reps in practice, with reps in games. So uh, you know. Facing a team like Eastern Washington, one of the top teams in the country, uh, definitely got um, you know Glenn much much better, and all those young defensive linemen much much better prepared uh, for upcoming games, and and certainly the Patriot League uh, games, which are which are very very important to us. I want to ask you about the two safeties that you specifically coach, Caleb Ham and Antonio Jackson. How do those guys set the tone for for the defense? Uh, they do a great job. Uh, you know, Caleb is is our one of our team captains. Um, definitely a leader on the field. Uh, pushes the pace uh, in practice. Demands from his teammates to to practice very hard. 
Um, and he shows it by his effort as well. You know, he's, he's a guy that's going to lead by example. Uh, maybe not always with his words, but he's going to lead by example. He's always going to be one of the hardest workers uh, out on the field. And then A.J. Uh, is probably one of our smartest just overall football players on the team. Um, you know, he, he understands uh, obviously what, what we call on the defense, um, but where, where his keys are and where his keys are taking him. You know, he has three interceptions in three games right now. Uh, he's doing a fantastic job just kind of reading the quarterback and, and playing his deep coverage. Uh, and then he had some very, very good tackles as well uh, in the game. He got, you know, he got a couple uh, jet sweeps down when they were trying to run outside. He made some very, very nice plays. So uh, he's having a heck of a, a season right now. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can continue that because he's, he's doing a very, very good job. And, Coach, I'm, I'm happier with us just because, full disclosure, I'm, I'm a big safeties guy. I there don't we know, go. I have a favorite position to study. Awesome. Always love the position. Uh, I think it's very uh, – well, whatever. We don't need to get into safeties. But, <laughs> Caleb, what is it about Caleb that sort of just he, – he passes, like, the eye test, like mm-hmm. I like to say. Something about when he looks good in his uniform and he looks fluid out there, natural – what is it about him that just makes him look so smooth on the field? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he, he's a very, very good athlete. You know, he was, you know, multiple sport athlete in high school. Uh, so he knows how to move his body, um, not just on the football field, but, you know, just overall athletically. He can play, uh, he can play any sport, you know, basketball, track, football. Uh, I'm sure if you picked up a baseball glove and a baseball bat, he could, he could do that very well, too. Um, so just... That having that background, that athletic background, really helps him there. Um, and then his just you know overall uh, willingness to, to to work. You know he's he's one of the hardest workers on the team. Um, you know he wins almost every sprint after it. You know at, at the end of practice. Um, you know him and him and the wide receivers are are, are racing each other. And uh, he's he's definitely a competitor. You know he doesn't want to lose in anything. So uh, that always helps him there too. Um, and then AJ. Uh, just his ability um, to play with his eyes. He does a he does a fantastic job with his eyes, uh, and that's a lot what the safety position is. You know, you gotta your eyes have to move before your feet, um, so you know where you're kind of going. And that's what AJ is doing a great job of right now. Uh, not just in uh, last week's game, but in in the previous games as well. He uh, he understands where he has to go, what the coverage is, or or what his run fit is, um, and he'll play downhill and play fast and. Um, he's very physical right now. And then the third safety that does a great job. I was just going to mention Lawrence yeah, Menya, Lawrence. one of my favorite players on your guys' oh, yeah. team. I told him last week he reminds me of Landon Collins. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's sort of the position he plays, and I was like, is that someone you'd like want to be? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, watching him rove around, is he maybe the most natural of your defenders? Because he seems to play that, what we all imagined with the safety, which is he doesn't really – well, you tell me, but does yeah. the star – uh, the star, the star will come down. He's, uh, you know, he's probably our most physical player mm-hmm. uh, out of the safety group. Probably our most, um, our most natural or um, where, where the guy that can make the most plays, and he's doing it right now is AJ at our strong safety position. Okay. Um, but Larry is definitely the the most physical out of all the safeties. You know, um, you know he had he had to come out a, a couple plays there. Uh, towards the end of the game there, and they were able to throw some bubble passes on us, where earlier in the game, um, you know, they tried those bubble passes, and Larry destroyed the block, made the tackle for a loss, or or knocked the pass away, or had some big hits to, to, to you know, uh, get the ball away from some wide receivers, stuff like that. So he's definitely one of our most physical 
safeties. Uh, and the way he plays like that, if, if he plays the way he, he shows, I don't think anyone in the league can really block him. Uh, whether it's him blitzing, whether him destroying blocks on the edge there, uh, it's really hard to get outside of him uh, just because he's so physical. I want to ask about you, Coach, and your transition from Bucknell to Fordham. First of all, how much different is the atmosphere here at Fordham that, as opposed to Bucknell, and how much different is it to have the responsibility for you as defensive coordinator? Sure. Uh, obviously, the, the biggest transition is, you know, Lewisburg, Pennsylvania is not very big, uh, and then you come into the Bronx. Uh, so that's that's the biggest transition. But um, the players— <laughs> Lawrenceville, PA. Right, yeah. The play, the players and the, and uh, the student athletes at Fordham um, are very similar. You know, they're they're driven. They want to succeed both on the field and in the classroom. Um, they have goals that that they want for themselves. They want for their team. Um, so it's 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 always a pleasure uh, coaching those type of kids, um, just because they're so driven. You know, you don't have to to stay on top of them for for classwork or get on top of them because, uh, you know, they're not giving effort on, on a consistent basis in practice. You know, they know what they want. They have, uh, they have their teammates backs. They're tough kids. They're smart kids. Um, so that's, that's the most, um, or the, the most pleasurable thing for me coaching, uh, in the Patriot league. Um, and then, uh, just to transition, uh, from myself transitioning to, to, uh, Fordham and, and this new kind of role I have, uh, is, is very similar to what I had at Bucknell. Um, you know, Coach Borch uh, does a great job with that defense. He was a defense coordinator, um, and he was, he was, you know, he let me call uh, the coverages out there. And um, so I just had to kind of bring uh, it all together uh, coming into Fordham. So uh, the transition's kind of been easy. We have a great coaching staff uh, on the defensive side of the ball uh, with a lot of ideas. Um, and we kind of just talk about it and marry it up and what we think uh, the players can learn the fastest and execute the best. Coach, before we wrap it up, I guess I want to ask a wholesome question about the D and maybe your style, what you'd like to see in an ideal defense. Would you call it an aggressive defense? Is it heavy zone, heavy man? There was one thing you could describe. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great question. It's definitely a a more aggressive defense. Um, You know, we want to stop the the run. You know, that's the biggest challenge. Um, I know a lot of people are watching NFL and and college college games now. There's a a lot of passing going on, right? Uh, So everyone thinks you have to stop the pass. But uh, if you stop the run first and make them throw it, um, you have a great chance of of doing – of playing great defense, you know, two weeks ago against Central Connecticut State, we held those guys to 70 yards rushing. Uh, so where they had to throw the football, and which gave Larry the chance to, you know, make the game-winning play, and had AJ, you know, make the game-winning interception there um, at the end of the game. Uh, so we got to stop the run, uh, and we're going to be aggressive downhill in that, um, and we want to be a downhill, physical, tough football team. So uh, that's what we preach as a defensive staff to, to the players. And uh, if you ask any of the defensive guys you know, what, what we want to do, I'm sure they'll say downhill and physical because uh, that's what we preach. So uh, if you, any, any more defensive guys, you come in here and you ask what the philosophy is, they're, they're, I think they'll say I'm downhill and physical. I'm writing it down. There you're you all, go. You're on the record. Right <laughs> <laughs> Coach, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming in here and having a chat, and good luck this week against Bryant. Oh, thanks, guys. It was great. Back here on Monday Night Quarterback, still joined by the head coach of the Fordham University Rams, Andrew Briner. And, Coach, this coming week, 
You will have a matchup against the 1-2 and two Bryant Bulldogs out of the Northeast Conference, the second meeting with a Northeast Conference team so far this year. Uh, they have had some questionable results, only beating uh, Division Two Merrimack by eight points and down by two scores in the third quarter of that game. But they bounced back, had a good offensive performance against Brown, even though they did lose that game. What, what is your assessment of, of Bryant? Yeah, I think uh, I think Coach Perry, who's the new head coach at Bryant, um, is is doing a, a very good job. I, I've known Coach Perry for probably five or six years now. Um, he was the offensive coordinator at at Princeton, and we used to get together and, and talk some some football. So I, I know Coach Perry's offensive philosophy. I know his personality. I think what what I see when I watch the tape is is his his personality, what he wants in the program, showing up a little bit more each week. The results are going to vary. Um, anytime you're you're taking over a program, there's going to be there's going to be ups and downs. But I, I think his his young men are playing football extremely hard. I, I think they're doing some good things in in all three phases. Uh, there's some really quality football players that he has to work with. So progress. That's that's what I see from from Bryant University. Is they're they're making progress. They're becoming a better football team each week. And defensively, we're going to talk to your defensive coordinator coming up. But they have a quarterback that also throws through for a lot of yards in the Brown game. Uh, obviously, Gage Gabrud of Eastern Washington threw for 399 yards uh, this past week. What do you have to do to keep those numbers down? Yeah, no, I, I, Coach Perry, you know, you look back at, at what his quarterbacks did at Princeton. Um, he's always gotten a lot of productivity from from his quarterbacks. In fact, he'll often use more than one quarterback, even having two of them on the field at the same time. So he has a little unique package that he that he runs that's that's really good stuff. Um, as far as what we need to do, um, we need to, to play assignment sound. Um, we need to continue to, to challenge the balls that are thrown in the air and, and not get the uh, you know the 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 ones where they get us out of position and, and we make it make it easy on them but um we we've w continue to work and, and and make progress in that area coach back on the road this week and beginning a bit of a stretch right three, uh off and on no nah, that's later on in that's the season. later on okay yeah. well all right well i mean still, on the road this week yeah home next week and then three, three straight on the road so how is that something you're worrying about at this point or I mean, you obviously know, you're working this about point, Bryant. But. Yeah, at this at this point, you know, we we have to get used to it. You know, when uh, you face that, how will that affect? Yeah, no, it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. You know, I think just the way the schedule set up this year, um, we got the opportunity to get accustomed to being on the road early. Um, certainly happy for a number of reasons to to get the win at Central Connecticut. One was to get a home uh, or an away win early in the season. You know, last year we didn't win a true away game until the very last week of the season at Bucknell. So to kind of get that monkey off your back a little bit, to be able to yeah. do that in week two, hopefully serves us well uh, going forward. You know, when it comes to that, that scheduling, a lot of parts of that, especially within the league, are out of our control. I'm not sure how three straight games ended up on the road, but that's the schedule that we're dealt, and that's the schedule that we're going to play. Coach, I want to ask about the uh, the running backs, uh, D'Angelo Palladino and Zach Davis. Uh they they scrapped in the Eastern Washington game. That is certainly the case. How do assuming that they are both still in the lineup uh, come this week? How are they going to improve their game? 
I think for guys like that that don't have a ton of banked reps in their career, that the speed of the game starts to slow down for them the more opportunities that they get. And they certainly got a lot of opportunities against a really quality opponent. Uh, so I think they're going to use those reps um, to, to, you know, fall back on going forward. You know, spent a lot of time in the film room yesterday watching it, going over what went well and what didn't go well, um, you know, at all positions. But specifically there, there's some there's some things that, that uh, we were able to identify um, and already start to make corrections on. And, and I, I'm confident those two young men are both very talented football players players they just need they need seasoning they need reps um and and, and they they must hold on to the football um so that was one of the things we talked about yesterday um but I, i'm confident they'll they'll make the necessary corrections going forward they're good players yeah with the two backs i want to ask you like two questions in one sort of one do they have any complementary nature to them as in do they do things differently do they do things similar i guess how do their styles compare and this is such a cliche question but Genuinely curious, would you ride? They split carries fairly evenly. If someone got hot, would you stay with them, or do you want to split carries? Is there any philosophy there? Yeah, um, to compare the two of them, um, they do have some similarities. I think the differences are D'Angelo's a little bit of a thicker build, um, yeah. can can you know run with some more physicality. Um, Zach's a young guy that that that's you know fast, um, has some legitimate you know, straight line speed. Uh, they both change direction well, um, you know, and as far as as we go, hard to hard to answer that question. Um, I, you know, so much of it can be feel in a game. Um, so I, I guess if anything, I lean towards yes, if someone had a hot hand, you'd probably yeah. stick with them because oftentimes in the game when it comes to subbing backs, a lot of it's just a, a feel. That it's just a case-by-case case situation. Correct. Yeah, Correct. can't really plan for that. I want to ask about the turnovers. Uh, you guys did a good job forcing turnovers, forced four turnovers in the Eastern Washington game. Bryant has had some struggles turning the ball over so far this year. What does your team have to do to continue that trend? We got to run to the football. Um, that that is key number one when it comes to to turnovers, especially with the fumbles. Um, you know, the ball comes out and it's a fifty fifty ball at that point. So if we defensively and on special teams can continue running to the football, we'll continue to 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 make our own good luck. Um, we have some talented players in the back end. AJ Jackson being one of them that that stepped up with two picks. That you know, when you look at AJ, I believe now three interceptions on the year. AJ is doing his job. He's playing the. Cover. Coverage. Um, quarterbacks at sometimes you know force throws and, and AJ's there to, to make them wrong. Um, you know we we also had a lot of passes defended, batted down by our corners. I, I can remember a few by Dylan Maben on Saturday. So those guys are doing they're doing a good job. Um, but you, you got to be assignment sound. You need to be in position and you got to run to the football. Yeah, I think Dylan was in such good coverage one time that I think the ball bounced like off his back right into AJ's hands. But uh, we're gonna have. Uh, Coach Bozon, who does specialize with the safeties? He does. Is there anything, I guess this is probably a better question for him, but just maybe you can set the tone for our conversation. Is there anything off the top of your head that your defense demands in a safety? 
that comes to mind? They have to be the the leaders on the field. Um, they're they're the ones that are help communicating the calls in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so mentally they have to be very locked in, very focused. Um, you know, for us to be successful, we expect those guys to be able to come down in the run game and make tackles and get the ball yeah. on the ground. Um, but also, you know, depending on the call, you know, be be lined up in man to man or or be responsible for some type of zone in zone coverage and and, and play their responsibility and, and make plays on the football. So though we expect a lot to be honest yeah. with you out of, out of out of our safeties they are i would say the uh kind of the cornerstone uh, of the defense we got three of them out there and, and all three have to play at a high level coach last question before we let you go uh there has been some crazy stuff going on in the patriot league lately around the league lehigh uh, shockingly going to zero and three to start the season the defending patriot league champions uh Colgate taking Richmond down to the wire, only losing to them by three points on the road. And Holy Cross knocking off the ninth-ranked team in the nation, New Hampshire, very convincingly. What's your assessment of the challenges that come ahead in the league schedule? Yeah, I, I think it's you know it's a testament to, to our league. And when you really look back on it over the last several years, at least during my time here, we've had a lot of different league champions. Um, and there's there's some parity in the league. I, I think you're seeing the impact that scholarships have had on the league. You know, you look at, at you know, the Holy Cross victory over New Hampshire. Um, thrilled thrilled for those guys. Uh, Coach Gilmore, uh, Coach Kasherba, who's their defensive coordinator, is one of my very best friends um, you know, in coaching and and in my personal life, I couldn't be happier for those guys to get that win. That's such a such a big victory. And, and you know, I, I have not watched any of the Lehigh tape. I have a feeling Lehigh will be just fine. They're a, a well coached, um, very talented football team. I don't know what they're going through. Everybody's in a different boat that this time of year. But but you know, I think. Hopefully what you see at the end of the year is there's a lot of great football being played uh, in the in the Patriot League and, and certainly intend for the Fordham Rams to be in that discussion. Absolutely. Coach, thank you very much for your time. We will see you next week on Monday Night Quarterback, and we will see you this Saturday on the football field in Smithfield, Rhode Island, to take on Bryant. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Well, Tommy, another interesting conversation with the coaches and players of the Fordham University Rams. And I'm confident that, you know, given the events of the last three weeks, the tough game at CCSU, the two uh, lopsided losses, that this could be a a very big bounce-back week for them. Yeah, it almost feels like this is like the start of the season or something for Fordham because they knew that they would have these two really tough games and that they were just going to have to get through it. And now they're here at one and two, probably where, you know, if you ask Coach Brian at the beginning of the season, he probably would say, hey, maybe we can be two and one at the end of that game. But I'm sure he would take one and two. Potentially. Absolutely. And that will do it for this week's edition of Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks, as always, to head coach Andrew Briner, as well as assistant coach and defensive coordinator John Bowes, as well as wide receiver Jonathan Lumley and defensive back Antonio Jackson. Next Monday, another edition of Monday Night Quarterback. It'll be a look back at the Bryant game and a look head to Yale. We'll have our X's and O's segment with one of the coaches and our Inside the Huddle segment with some of the players. And please don't forget to tune into One on One on Wednesday at 7 p.m. only on WFUVsports.org. And this Saturday, the Fordham Rams will take on the Bryant University Bulldogs in Smithfield, Rhode Island. Kickoff is at 1 p.m., and please tune in at 12.50 for the one-on-one pregame report. 
Until those times, from my partner Tommy Aldridge and our engineer and producer Charlie Maizano, this is James Cargan. Have a good week, everybody. Monday Night Quarterback is a production of WFUV Sports.